TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Jason Fitz does it all for Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio. Kind enough to join us every Monday. One of the most talented human beings we know. And you can follow him on X at Jason Fitz. Fitzy, we got a big one on Monday night tonight, uh, Super Bowl rematch. And I'd ask you this as we bring you in, who's it more important for tonight in the sense that if you're trying to get that one seed in your conference, is it more important tonight that KC gets the win with all the contenders for one in the AFC or that Philly continues the role it's been on? What you think, brother? It is. It's on Philly more to me. There's more pressure because – I don't know that the contenders are really contenders in the AFC. Like, there are fatal flaws to almost every team that's supposedly a contender in the AFC. But when you look in the NFC, there is not a fatal flaw to San Francisco. I know that they went through their little losing streak where it felt like all of a sudden we wanted to be out on Brock Purdy, but you can't throw for 333 yards and three touchdowns the way he did where he wasn't just managing the game. Like, I think Brock Purdy has silenced the critics that thought the pressure would mount and, and silence him over the course of the last few weeks. So if I'm Philly... Like, here's what I know. The Lions have an easy schedule moving forward. I don't really want to have to go through Detroit. I don't want to have to go to San Francisco. That's a long trip going across country. I want to make sure those teams have to come to me because asking Detroit to win in Philly or asking San Francisco to win in Philly seems damn near impossible. But asking, you know, I think there's enough wiggle room for the Chiefs that they can get away with the loss because everybody else in the AFC seems flawed. I'm with you that San Fran real threat, and that was an injury thing when they were down, and now they're back, and uh, so they were my pick to make the the Super Bowl. I, 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 on Detroit, just with the way things transpired yesterday against the Bears, and I know some would tell you, well, the Bears did a hell of a job laying down in that fourth quarter and made it easy for Detroit. Do you feel better about them? Was that about finding ways to win, even if you've played back, or are you, you know you come through that a little less optimistic about whether they're a true contender in the NFC? Yeah, no, I, I came away from that saying that was a tough win. Like, I, I know it shouldn't have been, but, like, when you win those sorts of games, good teams find a way to win, bad teams find a way to lose, right? And they survived the worst possible day you could see from golf. I mean, that's not – golf's not going to repeat that performance over and over. This wasn't some indictment on the way the, the Lions are built. Uh, this this was the Lions having to survive a game where they were getting punched in the face and they didn't expect it. I, I think you give them credit for finding a way to win and never see, never really giving up on that one. I, I I know it doesn't look good when you're taking on a bad team, but again, with the flaws that everybody has, I look at that and say, hey, good for you on finding a gritty way to win a football game on the line. So I walked away from it a little bit more confident. Miami or Baltimore, and and I'll, I you know I, I realize Miami doesn't have much of a case in terms of if you point to when they played the big teams, they don't have that yet. But what I would point to in that case for them, 
Uh, the fact that Jalen Ramsey's out there, you know, I guess he had a couple of picks in this one. It does seem like that defense is getting better. Which one do you believe in more? A Baltimore Ravens team that big loss, not going to have Mark Andrews the rest of the season, or these Miami Dolphins who's, you know, their offense is one thing, but it looks like, you know, under Fangio, that defense might be coming together. Which one you like better as that threat yeah, to KC? Well, I still, I still like Baltimore, but I think the loss of Mark Andrews is wildly significant. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't have any other wide receiver. That, I mean, Zay Flowers is turning into a nice player, but they don't have the guys that we thought they were going to have at wide receiver. So, I'm a little nervous about the receivers in general. And then when you look at the Dolphins, like, I mean, look, I'm the biggest Raiders fan in the world. The, the, the fact that the Dolphins barely won that football game to me was stunning. I mean, the, the Raiders' defense is, is okay. And the, they, they, I think, gave the blueprint. And, and this is what I expected. I said in multiple interviews leading in that the Raiders organizationally were going to realize that they, they couldn't let Mostert and Tyreek Hill beat you. So you're going to have to commit to stopping the run because you know you can't stop Tyreek. That's exactly what they did. And by the way, that kept the game pretty close. Like, letting Tyreek go off as he did doesn't cost you the football game. You just can't let two guys go off. So, A, I think that's a method that good teams are going to be able to employ. But, B, I mean, the, the Dolphins' defense has looked better. But, my God, the, the Raiders' offense has been putrid. So, like, I think there's some level of what did we see and who did we see it against. I didn't walk away from that game confident in the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins would win that game by 30 or more. I thought they should have won that game by three touchdowns. They, they, they turned over the football. They looked, uh, they looked wildly sloppy at times. I, like, I think there are questions about the Dolphins that are real from a Raiders win. I don't have those same questions about Lamar. That's fair. Um, Steelers, Browns. Browns get the win 13-10. They do it with uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, backing up. You know, Deshaun Watson out now. Just did that, did that did that win for Cleveland say more about the Steelers and their situation? At least to me, it feels like they're being held back by by quarterback play. If you look at it, they got there, there's some weapons on that offense, and uh, or did it say more about you know uh, the Cleveland Browns and the fact that you know this defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense, and if they get steady, decent quarterback play, um, they can win games. I mean, I think what we saw here is the truth about both teams. Like the Browns are going to win football games exactly the way. They just did that. Like, it's going to make it ugly. Their defense is going to have to play lights out. Their defense cannot have an off day. They're going to have to be able to run the football pretty well. Like, that's the way the Browns are going to win football games. In the meantime, Pride's a downfall of man with the Steelers. So, you know, I look over at Pittsburgh and I say, okay, Pride is the only reason that they haven't changed their offensive coordinator. You cannot let Pride influence this offseason. They need a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback. And I think that's abundantly clear at this point. Like, I was never all in on Kenny Pickett anyway. I'm all out on Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's good enough to be even an average starter. And when you've got wide receivers there that most quarterbacks would want to play with, that's pretty inexcusable. Like, I think the Steelers organizationally have to look in the mirror and say, man, we need to make big changes and our coaching staff, and that comes from the form of the offense coordinator, and we need a different quarterback if we really want to be competitive, especially knowing you're going to be taking on Burrow and Lamar for the next 10 years. Like They don't have the horses to compete in that race, and they showed us that on Sunday. If Speaking of needing a quarterback, it feels like, and I know you know Daniel Jones got the contract extension, but that's obviously something they can come off of. It feels like the Giants need one of those. And so, you know, getting to the bottom would seem to be, you know, the priority. And yet they're, you know, they as they've owned the commanders, they do it again yesterday. Even if with, I mentioned it with DeVito out there, a guy that's living with his, with his parents. If you are the Giants, is that, is that what you've got to get? If you're now looking toward the draft, um, it's not about this season anymore. Uh, I guess it's about whether Dable's really truly got control of this thing. Is the next step for them getting into the draft as high as a pick and getting one of those quarterbacks? or is there a different way? 
I don't think Dable can survive what it would take to get the second pick in the draft. And that's the hardest part about this. Like, yeah. I think if Dable, if the wheels fall off to the point that Dable has a two-win season, three-win season in this in this scenario, right? Like, then organizationally you're going to look around and say, I don't know, man. And we started to hear a bunch of the, the players talking about, well, coaches aren't taking our input, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. the locker room is starting to get fractured. I I think what we undervalue in the, the concept of trying to get a high draft pick is what it does to the culture of the football team. And I don't think you can survive it. I don't think you can survive a true tank as a coach, as a GM, as any of that, when it's coming on the heels of a season that has any level of expectation. If you know where you are, you know, then you can say, okay, if you're Arizona and you knew coming in that you weren't going to be very good, you can survive a tank. If you're the Giants and you just paid money to people because you think you should be able to at least be a fringe playoff team, and all of a sudden you're picking top five, nobody survives that. And I don't think you can fix that culture. I don't think you can fix the fact that the majority of the locker room looks at you and lets and knows that you let this whole thing get to that point. Like, so I, I think, frankly, teams have to fight at this point. They have to be fighting. And coaching staffs, players, they have to be fighting for something other than draft status. And we as fans want draft status to be everything. Organizationally, I just don't think it can factor into your mindset. If you were Atlanta and you knew that the Bears – are willing to trade Justin Fields. Would you be interested, Fitzy, if you're Arthur Smith? Yeah, 100%. I think that's the funny thing about the Bears, and I think you can appreciate this, is that it's hard because Justin Fields was exactly what makes Justin Fields tough to evaluate in that game. He was good enough to make everybody go, oh, God, this looks like it could be so good. It's not going to be so good there. So, you know, realistically, knowing that I don't think there's much of a chance Carolina wins another game, I think Carolina is going to fire everybody at the end of the season. Agreed. And that first overall pick is going to sit there for the Bears. And the, There's no way the Bears don't press reset at the quarterback position. So the question teams are going to be asking is, is it worth taking a flyer on Justin Fields versus taking a flyer on, let's say, whoever we decide is the fifth best quarterback in this year's draft, the Michael Penix Jr. type right. guy. Like, that, that to me is a real question. Like, if you're looking around and saying, okay, I don't really have an option to quarterback and I'm, I don't love where I'm picking in the draft as a Raiders fan. Do I think the Raiders should look around and say, Hey, let's give up some sort of draft equity to get Justin Fields. Why not? Like it, it, we know he can play. We just got to figure out what the best of him looks like. And I don't think the bears are going to be patient to figure that portion of it out. So, you know, th- this is such a weird year where, you know, having Justin Fields, if you're the Bears, usually would give you comfort. If they were picking seven, eight, nine, ten, yep. I think they stick with their quarterbacks. But if you have a shot at, at Mayor Williams, you're not going to pass up on Mayor Williams. I don't care what anybody offers you in that situation. So you, Justin Fields is gone, and that means somebody else will give up a third or a fourth round draft pick for him for sure. Is there a guy not named Drake May or Caleb Williams, a quarterback in the, in college right now, that you do have a high level of confidence in in terms of being an NFL starter, like a find? That's not one of those two guys. I, I and I throw what you know. What do you think about Jaden Daniels down at LSU? Been putting up some monster numbers. Uh, just is, is there a guy for you that you're confident in? That's not those top two prospects. Yeah, if Jaden Daniels goes somewhere where he's got a a patient organization yes, that's going to help build an offense around what he can do. If he goes someplace that is committed to him, as the Colts were from the outset to Anthony Richardson. Jaden Daniels can be scary good. Like, I think Jaden Daniels is going to rocket up some of these boards. And then this one's weird because I I, I think you have to acknowledge past failure in this conversation and the fact that he's played what feels like 8,000 college football games. But the ascension of Bo Nix is real. Like, where Bo Nix is right now playing, he's playing smart Looks like a pro. I mean, he's making all of the throws you can ever add. Like, 
Bo Nix looks to me like an NFL quarterback. I realize that he's older than some NFL quarterbacks, but like I still have to look at it and say, hey, maybe his ceiling isn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. But I don't know. Like if, if I'm sitting there in the middle of the first round and I need a quarterback, I, I'd have a hard time saying no to Bo Nix right now. And I, I, I've been as harsh on Bo as anybody in the country, so I cannot believe I'm saying that. But you just got to watch the tape this year and you see like, man, Boy, it is clicked for him in every possible way. Uh, we saw the injury to Jordan Travis over the weekend, some we all hate to see, and we, we, we really hate I mean, we, we, you know, Mike Norvell, former Memphis coach, has put together this uh, great season, and uh, you all see it sort of you know, come to a stop when Jordan Travis is down there. Is there still a scenario in your mind, Fitzy, where Florida State is in the college football playoff when all the, the dust clears? Yeah, I mean, they have to win everything, and they have to win it pretty convincingly. Like, that matchup in the ACC championship game against Louisville is going to be so significant because the committee's given Louisville credit. Now, I don't know if Louisville's really a top-ten team or if the committee mm-hmm. just wants to make sure the ACC has a top-ten matchup in the college football playoff. Like, I, I think there is some love to this. But, look, I mean, Oregon is – I think Oregon's going to win the Pac-12. I think right now, okay. if it weren't for that loss, I would have Oregon as the number two team in the country. I think they're playing that well. So – I think Oregon, when they win out, is going to have a very convincing argument. But what we know is that, you know, frankly, Ohio State-Michigan, one of the two of them is going to take care of themselves. Yep. And especially if Michigan's the one that loses, I think Michigan can free fall because they just haven't really played anybody. So Ohio State stays in in that situation, and now it becomes about the one-loss teams versus Florida State. If Florida State goes undefeated, I don't think Alabama's getting in over them, right? So I don't think uh, I don't think a one-loss team is necessarily going to get in over them other than Oregon uh, being a, a conference champion. So like my final four right now, I think you have a really good shot at it being Georgia. Uh, then you have Ohio state, then Oregon will leap frog to three and then Florida state will come in at number four. I think that's pretty realistic to actually happen. And then what becomes of in that scenario, Fitzy, last thing I got, to, what becomes of Harbaugh? If your scenario comes comes through, or maybe maybe it's even a different one. Do you see Harbaugh coming back? Is he with an NFL team? How does that uh, transpire? I think Harbaugh's good as gone, and he's going to play the martyr on the way out and blame the NCAA for why he's not there anymore. He's going to turn around and say, "Oh, they've got it out for me, and I can't take it anymore." And he's going to use that as the reason that he walks away. So, you know, I, I, I think I think Harbaugh, like in a beautiful world for Michigan fans, they win in Addy, and then Harbaugh walks away. You know, with the national championship saying, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I think more realistic, though, I, I, I don't care what anybody tells me at this point. I mean, I don't – Michigan's defense, as good as they've been, has not faced anyone like Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. right? So I, I, think, I think there's going to be a real opportunity uh, this weekend for Ohio State to make a statement and a win, which, uh, frankly, they're going to do. So when Ohio State makes a statement and gets the win at the big house over Michigan – They'll vault, they'll vault up to number one in the country, and then Georgia's going to have to hope that they get a convincing SEC championship win over Alabama to take that one seed. But uh, when that happens, then Harbaugh can still be blameless and say, I wasn't even able to be on the sidelines to help 100%. my guys. He'll, he'll deny any, any involvement in all of it, and he'll fade off into the sunset and go back to the NFL. I don't know. Real quick, should, should I want Harbaugh, Fitzy, yes or no, as my Bears coach? I think so. I think he wins. Like, Harbaugh wins where he doesn't stay anywhere, but he wins. So, like, for all of us, I think as much as it just feels weird having Harbaugh, he wins wherever he goes. Yeah. So, you know, he won in San Francisco, and it took them a long time to figure out what he did after he left. I, I, the only thing I'd say is that where Harbaugh goes, he's going to want a GM that is not like his San Francisco experience. He's going to want somebody that he likes in that position so that maybe he stays a little longer. Yeah. 
He is Jason Fitzy. Jason, we appreciate your time so much on these Mondays, brother. Thank you. Appreciate Have you, brother. Day. Thanks. He is Jason Fitz. Uh, follow him on X at Jason Fitz. Uh, does it all for Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio. Uh, love him to death, yeah. I'm still not sure on if I want Harbaugh or not. Still mulling it over. Uh, don't, I, th- I think, has the man changed mm-hmm. since he was last in the NFL? Has the, you know, the college kingdom and sort of being the king of his thing here the last two years, has it changed him? Can he still be a player's coach? I think you want him. He's a good coach. Was a good pro coach at, with the Jeffrey 49ers. Jeffrey at Kaepernick, and then he had luck yep. at Stanford, did well there. If I give him yeah. Caleb Williams, I could I could expect good things potentially. Yeah. Um, I'm considering it. I'm considering I'm going to talk to Ryan Poles, our GM, about it. We're going to consider it. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.